Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on, and it can lead to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to talk with my guests about the games that we enjoy playing, to talk about big industry events, and to talk to the people who create these games. Today, we are going to be talking about listing for small point bolt action events. Now, we did talk a little bit about the generalities of it uh, in an episode at the end of last year, uh, in the last... Ooh, 10 episodes or so, where we talked to the gentleman behind Codswallop, and we talked about some of the lists that were played there, and talked how the game tactically works a little different. This episode, though, I've had a lot of requests over the years to actually build a list online so folks can hear and see what the process, my process is for creating an army list. So I'm going to combine the two, and we're going to talk about listing for small-scale events and uh, as I'm preparing for one, and we're going to do it live. Now, if I'm going to build a list live, and I'm going to be do using Easy Army, which is something I almost never do, I think I'm going to need a little help. And joining me today is one of the best bolt-action players slash list writers I know, which means possibly in the world our good friend from scotland my brother from another mother another golden d6 my main man alistair unicom welcome back brother mate your intros sometimes they hit the mark and sometimes they put a mark on your back <laughs> no, thanks brad i'm really happy to be back with you and um sharing sharing this list building experience with your audience it's gonna be good fun now, if I'm looking a little rough today, kids, it's because I just woke up and it's uh, it's been a long week. So uh, Al's fresh and uh, fresh like a daisy and is uh, yeah. enjoying a different kind of beverage. But uh, I got my coffee and my He-Man cup and I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Well, it's, it's the joys of um, recording uh, content with a, a time difference. It's early in the morning for you and it's late on a Saturday night for me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. well, Al, uh, let's talk about some of the things you've been doing recently. Obviously, you have your own podcast, Two Guys in a Dice Cup, which is the Blood Bowl podcast. If I'm going to listen to any Blood Bowl podcast, it's the one I go to. And I have been getting increasingly Blood Bowl curious again. In fact, I may have just bought another team. But <laughs> you guys just did a really fascinating conversation about the phenomenon that's being bandied about more in the UK than here or in the US, but the concept of uh, prizes for events being money and what that will do to the game. And I don't want to steal your content, but I thought that episode was off the chain. It was really, really well argued. Clearly you'd done your research and you'd done, you'd taken notes and you'd thought about it. And as I was painting for CanCon, I really got into that episode. In fact, I listened to parts of it twice. It made me think so much. As you said, we really thought about the content for that podcast. Mm. And we didn't want to have the quick knee-jerk reaction. You know, when somebody says, 
this wargaming tournament and we spoke about it in a way that it was for any game system obviously we spoke about bowl action and blood bowl games that we were passionate about but it was mm. for any any game system and as soon as you say you know you're going to play this game system and the winner will win a thousand dollars you can hear the news jerk but we, mm-hmm. we we had a good think about it over a couple of months. We spoke to people, did research, conducted polls to get information so that it wasn't just our opinions. You know, we could base them in a little bit of fact. And we all we, we naturally took positions of for and against to an extent. And, you know, from my own position, the, on, the only person I know truly I can talk about is myself. What would I do? How would yeah. I play? How would it affect me? And I know that a cash prize would turn me into a horrible person. Right. Yep. Same. So, but it's like, what, what would, what horrible things would I do? And how, because mm-hmm. I'm not, I couldn't be the only one. And so it was for anybody that was listening that is thinking about conducting a cash prize tournament, you know, watching us perhaps raise problems and concerns that you, they, they may never have heard. So it was really well received by a lot of communities and it's it's one of the episodes where we have had the most um interaction and commentary back so we, we were we were quite quite proud of the work and we will probably end up revisiting the episode topic um at the end of the year in case somebody has actually done this idea of a cash prize tournament i hope not <laughs> if 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 your audience are happy to go to two guys one dice cup podcast please uh, and search for it it will be oh goodness i hope it's labeled series season four episode one if i've got my own labeling correct uh, and it's with my um good friend and co-host phil Gairns. so mm. yeah um, man if you're listening to this and you're looking for a good podcast episode to listen to i know not everyone who watches this show loves blood bowl that is an episode particularly if you're a bolt action player you should be listening to that episode. It is great content. Additionally, Al, I've been listening to you on Bo Mortensen's show as you guys have been talking about the WTC lists. Yeah, working working with Bo Mortensen in Denmark is is a really great experience, and it's something his his friendship, something I've enjoyed through Bolt Action in recent years. Mm. And we, you know, the the, the series of um, videos we did with Bo. Uh, covering theater selectors has been really well received we did top 10 access in our opinions we're just guys on the internet our opinions top 10 access top 10 allies and then a sort of um, best of the rest you know a bunch of theater selectors that we argued about and the next sort of episodes we're doing or i'm doing with bowl are covering the as you said the world team championship bowl action lists and they have just been released hours hours ago um so yeah. we've we're going to produce a bunch of videos given first first reactions and the lists aren't going to be for everybody they're very hyper competitive there are yeah. things that will make historical gamers cry so just be be cautious and be careful when you watch the videos as always keep in mind it's for a specific audience now how can you find Bo's videos um, but he is on YouTube exclusively, mm-hmm. and if you search um, for Bo Mortensen, so B-O space Mortensen, M-O-R-T-E-N-S-O-N, 
uh, you should find him. He runs a, a series of different tutorial videos, which are extremely good for the, the beginner bolt action player. Mm-hmm. He talks about different tactics. He is um, he's a teacher by trade. So every now and then you'll see him pull out the whiteboard and interactive um, images and uh-huh. and such. So uh, and he presents it in a in a good manner. And uh, granted, he is from Denmark, but he is fluent in English and can communicate yes. extremely well. He does. Um, and he's he's got a great handle on the bolt action game. I've never met the man. I've listened to a lot of his shows. Uh, his opinion about what is appropriate in bolt action and mine are very different uh, because he is very competitive. But Bull- his fundamentally, he absolutely has the game. Yes. Like, he has a very strong understanding of the game. And I got to say, as you say, the um, the tutorials for beginners and when you're, you know, just some good tactical tips, amazing. But when he starts talking about this list is bad because it doesn't have three Stuarts or you're not running Gurkha paratroopers, I just start going, oh, my eyes are bleeding. Why? Yeah. And that's what you have to remember. But Bo exactly. doesn't make any illusions about that. He is a competitive yeah. player mm-hmm. and his content is targeted at other competitive players or players that want to increase their um, yeah. competitive ability. I can assure you, though, from having spent a lot of personal time with Bo, if you want to play a fun game against an extremely fun opponent, he's your man. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I actually, just watching the videos, I, I got the impression that that was kind of the way he lays it down. Um, he doesn't strike me as the, I'm going to make sure that I have fun, and fun is a finite resource, and I'm going to take all of the fun on this table, and you're going to get none. Uh, that is not my impression of him as a player, because unfortunately, those players do exist. Let's shift to Combat Patrol. Combat Patrol, and I am embarrassed to say this is an episode that was supposed to have come out a couple of weeks ago. But because I've started in a new school year and I've been unwell, I have not actually been able to record this. So if you are listening to this podcast on the day it releases, which is March 5th, which is the day we're recording it, tickets actually close tonight. It is a 20-player capped event, and it is at House of War on March 12th. It is a 500-point bolt-action event. And yes, 500 points means they've tweaked a couple of the rules to make sure that when you are playing in this, that you're not going to run into some weird rule quirks for a game that was written for 1,000 points-ish or more, or less, if that makes sense. And we'll talk about those in a second. It is almost sold out. It is. Tw- it will be 20 players. The gentleman who are running it is John Mack, who ran the really successful Bolt Action League in Melbourne last year. And uh, Drew Baxter, who, of course, ran CanCon a couple years ago, very successfully. I played in one of Drew's events last, I believe it was March, and I had a blast. Uh, the guys put on amazing the everything i played in that those guys have been a part of has been sensational so i can only imagine this is going to be a great event and if you're listening to this now and you haven't signed up and you are in melbourne or will be in Mar- melbourne on march 12th please get in look for the combat patrol player pack on facebook let's talk about the player pack because everything we do today will revolve around the rules for this event. 
Each round will be 90 minutes. So it's going to be short and sharp. And the tables are going to be on four by fours. Now, for me, that is going to dramatically change the way I list for this event. We have, as I said, each army is 500 points max. You can only have eight order dice maximum. Now, if you were thinking, wow, 90 minutes is short, yes, but it's very few order dice. Armor vehicles are restricted. You may include one eight or higher armor vehicle, but it has to be open topped. You may include up to one seven up armor instead of the eight up, or you could include two six up soft skin vehicles. Vehicles cannot take any additional weapon options except trucks that can take a medium machine gun. I haven't asked the TOs, but I wasn't asked, could Jeeps do that? But I don't think they can now that I think about it. Players may use a generic reinforced platoon or a theater selector. Only vehicles with a maximum of two LMG machine guns in general, plus its main weapon or three weapons in total are allowed. You cannot take DACA stewards to this. No weapons can have HE3 or HE4. So that takes my priest out of the equation. Maximum one infantry flamethrower, no vehicle mounted flamethrowers, free units or equipment of any kind. Yes, kids, that means free British artillery observers, free Soviet inexperienced squads, free shirts and squads with LMGs, all that business. All of those free things, you can still have them, but you have to pay for 50% of them using the normal points cost. Rounding down. Uh, their, pr the preliminary bombardment rule will not be used and turret jam will not be used. I mean, that's a tidy little rules pack. Al, what are your thoughts going into this? I mean, that really does change the way that we will be listing for this, isn't it? Yeah, it changes the way I would list, of course, because there's, there's restrictions involved, but again, it's a smaller game, smaller dice count. Uh, when you presented that player pack to me and invited me to come on to do this, I jumped at the chance because I knew straight away um, a couple of the sort of army ideas. So when you presented this player pack to me and asked me to come on the podcast, I thought the restrictions were excellent. They very much focus your listing uh, and it should produce a good, fun, challenging event. I think so too. I'm wondering... Um... Just those tank rules in particular really does narrow the field of what you can bring. And as I was sitting in front of my case last night, looking at the armies I have, it really does. I, I, I guess I just said it narrows the the options of what vehicles I can bring to this event. And I think that's a good thing. Yes, there are going to be vehicles you can take to this that will be uh, very strong for this event. Uh, but also narrows things down. Like I was thinking, hey, just cheeky. I wonder if I can throw a meat chopper in there because I recently got the model. Nope, that's four weapon systems. Can't do it. And went, hmm, okay, that's cool. I like that because I don't want to face that. You can't see the old quad medium machine gun truck from the Soviets for the same reason, which I also like because I don't want to face that in this event. Let's get into the nitty gritty. So I've got some options, um, okay. but I know you've made a few sample lists, 
But going into your list and maybe just so everyone's aware of where I'm coming from as we're going to be building the list off for me in a minute, I have the options of the British, the Germans, U.S., both Winter and U.S. Marine Corps, the Chinese nationalists, and Japanese. I think those are what I've narrowed it down to. I do have Soviets up my sleeve as well of three varieties, NKVD, Black Death, and Scouts. But I think I'm taking those out of the equation, and I'm just going to stick with those five choices. I had to narrow it somehow, I guess. But Al, going into this discussion, you put together a couple lists yourself. So maybe your list discussions will help me narrow down our choice of what we're going to be running today. So talk to us about some of the things that you have put together for today. Okay. As I said earlier in, in this um, in this show, I've been talking a lot about theatre selectors recently. So all the knowledge I've got for theatre selectors is still fresh in my mind. So I decided mm-hmm. to go to Greece for my very first 500-point army. <laughs> yes. You never see yep. Greece on the table. I love it. Exactly. You never see Greece on the table because in open format events, they quickly become open overpowered. Mm-hmm. But in an event where... There are limitations, you know, removing free units, removing, you know, big tanks and big guns and multiple rocket launchers and all this horrific stuff. These smaller nations come into play. Um, mm-hmm. So I have got a seven order dice list, 499 points, 1940 to 1941. Leading the army is a second lieutenant regular. Then I've got an eight-man infantry section regular with a light Mm -hmm. machine gun. Then I've got a seven-man infantry section regular, um, just the seven guys with rifles. Mm -hmm. Then I've got two full-strength, inexperienced 11-man rifle squads. So two squads of 11 inexperienced at full strength. I have got one sniper. That's a lot of dudes, yeah. It's a lot of dudes, yeah. I've got one sniper, regular. Mm-hmm. And the good thing about the the Greek snipers, they come with pistols, which you don't often you don't you don't see in some of the other armies. Mm-hmm. And then I have taken a Vickers, so it's a fully enclosed armored vehicle, seven plus armor. It's got a turret mounted HMG, coax MMG, comes with Reiki, seventy five points. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I as soon as I had finished writing that list, I fell in love with it, and I would love to go to this event, but it's in the other side of the world, and I can't. You'd also have to paint a Greek army, but knowing you, you would probably do that very quickly, whereas I would spend six months painting that many models. <laughs> so besides having lots of guys and a dependable small tank, what was your thought process? Obviously, the sniper with the pistol gives you tough fighter in case someone charges you, which makes it a little bit more durable. Uh, but what, why, why did you make those choices? You, I mean, I wanted to get a good dice count, seven or eight, you know, get up towards mm-hmm. the top end of it. You have said this on your show many times when you speak about bolt action. It's an infantry game, and infantry win you games. So mm-hmm. I wanted to envision this small Greek combat patrol up on the border, 
trying to defend their country with two regular squads that have got some sort of level of experience of, of combat and then mm-hmm. the quickly drafted in inexperienced units um and a sniper it's just they're all good dependable choices i don't need to i don't need to worry about you know lots of flamethrowers or multi-launchers or you know big tanks rolling at you um Mm -hmm. good good numbers of rifle shots and backed up by a nice little tank um you know the coax mmg and the hmg we've putting out um five six seven putting out eight shots yeah it's just it's got a good balance and a good feel to it can you fire both of those weapons because it's coax i thought you could fire one or the other that's an extremely good point i just saw hmg and thought um but that's its main gun like a light anti-tank gun Sam. so it's one or the other but again that still wouldn't put me off taking it it's a no. nice little tank it is and as because we talked about how to play greek competitively with the best Greek player I know, which is uh, Craig Baxter on an episode of the ghost army, not too long ago. And we talked about this tank and I like this tank because yes, it would be more ideal if the weapon systems weren't coax. And so you could fire them simultaneously, but if you have to choose, you can pick the situation. If you need the armor penetration value, you have the HMG. If you want the additional shots to shoot into infantry or for whatever other reason, you have the other one and then you get to choose again, not the most ideal thing in the world because you, you know, it would be better if you could fire both. Uh, it is still a solid little tank and I really do rate it. Al, let's talk about your other list. What else did you put together? Yeah. So the next list I went to write up again, stuck with a theater selector and I have gone for Germany. Mm-hmm. 1945 last levy the fall of the third reich and in my mind i had this as a this would be a great hobby hobby um option to do just because mm-hmm. of the uniqueness of the miniatures but i was thinking a tiny little bit more competitively about this list okay it's eight order dice so i've gone to the mm-hmm. max 499 points so it's a second lieutenant regular with two assistants. So it's losing the small team. There's three guys. But you have the assault rifle hit team going on in this situation. <sighs> yes, that's exactly why I've done it. So yeah, uh, yeah, three regular guys as the officer team, and they will have assault rifles as modeled. Then I have gone with two 10-man full-strength units of Hitler Youth. Going a bit, going deep. Um, so they all come with rifles. I man units of Hitler Youth ever. Yeah. Again, it's trying to take advantage of that um, full strength for the reroll for um, leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of those NCOs has got a submachine gun. I have then gone for a medic veteran. Of course, they only come in veteran. Yeah. Uh, I then have selected the Volks Grenadier Squad. Again, it's at full strength, so 10 guys. They have all got assault rifles and one Panzerfaust. So it's a tooled up, tooled yeah. up kit. But again, again, they're inexperienced. They've got the mixed quality rules, so they could go up, they could go, you know, extra pins, etc. Mm-hmm. Then one of my one of my favorite units that I try to use 
when I can. It's a light artillery piece, veteran. Love, I love a veteran light artillery piece. Yes. Um, you know, 60 points, three men, comes with a gun shield. You dig this thing into some hardcover or behind a mm -hmm. wall. So hardcover, gun shield, veteran. Yep, have to kill it on sixes. Yeah, tough work. Then armored car, motorbike with um, sidecar with MMG. Mm -hmm. So that's one that's one six plus armor unit. Mm -hmm. And then I have taken a tow for the artillery piece and I've taken a Kettengrad at regular. And again, that's that's my second six plus um, armor piece to conform with the rules of the player pack. And the cat the cat and grad is to get your lieutenant hit team around. <sighs> yes, it is, Brad. But you know, that's I can see this army, this little army in Berlin. Mm -hmm. Just you know, the lieutenant squad on the cat and crad trying to run around to, you know, plug holes in the defense with all their inexperienced, you know, Hitler youth who are you know doing a Jojo Rabbit crazy actions. You know, the yeah, the Volksgrenadier are a great squad, but again, if they're caught on the hop while they're inexperienced, they'll yeah. they'll get gunned down pretty quick. You know, so I've I love this army already. Yeah. And again, I would love to play it. I love that you're leaning into inexperience so heavily. I was almost considering going the other way for this. Um, why were you thinking inexperienced? I I'm a big fan of boots on the ground. Yeah. I like having, you know, a good um, count of infantry models on the table. With the Greeks beforehand, not so much, just because, um, you know, with the with the Germans, there's the chance that there's there's green yeah. and, mixed, exp and uh, mixed quality. So there's the opportunity for them to go up to regular or veteran. Um, which is just down to luck. Whereas yeah. with the Greeks, they don't have that. So I wanted to have both regular squads and inexperienced squads to, to off, mm -hmm. offset each other. Mm -hmm. um, and again, though, with the Germans, I've leaned really heavily into lots of inexperienced sort of green, you know, um, power indoctrination troops. But then again, the lieutenant team, the artillery piece, the motorbike and sidecar, these these elements are are reliable and will mm -hmm. keep chewing out keep spitting out pins um to to keep things you know at bay and and to kill stuff uh, you know yeah. so it's, it's it's about it's about trying to find that balance but i suppose as well i'm thinking about what are my opponents going to try and take mm -hmm. you know so if you know so if they're they're going for regular and veteran troops uh they'll be short on bodies and short on shots. That's true. So that's that's the thinking there. Um, and again, as well, thinking the four foot by four foot board, it's going to be quite mm -hmm. tight. So I know that in Australia, the tables are always, you know, medium to high density terrain. It's always mm -hmm. really good quality, really well out. Good, you know, there's no question. You turn up to an Australian event, and the terrain and the, the table layouts are going to be on point. Um, so that you're you're not going to come unstuck. No. Exactly. So with big units like this, with big units like this, they should be reasonably easy to to hide and get up the board. Yeah. Um, and and to get involved into some you know 
close close quarters action? I I ran a four by four event years ago, and I remember it was it was more points than this, but I remember being uh, astonished at how small the tables actually felt and looked once the games were going on. Um, that was before I got into heavily playtesting everything. It was more of a, hey, let's do this thing. It'll be fun. And I that was one of the lessons that I learned that I really need to be playtesting everything a lot before we put things out. And so after that experience, part of me for this, and I was talking to our good friend Albert last night, who is one of the best local players, just... How many SMGs are we going to see in this event? And that made me instantly go, oh, God, I guess I'll just bring the Japanese because, you know, if someone charges me, at least I'll have Fnatic. But I don't know if that's the route I want to go. Well, Al, let's let's start narrowing this down, because if I'm bringing up yep. Japanese, then let's go. Armies of Japan. I have two Japanese armies a huge variety of tanks and they have what you had for the Greeks, which is lots of extremely cheap, extremely small, lightly armored tanks that can form with the rules of this event. Option one, we have the Chinese. Now the Chinese national rule is for um, nationalists is basically just, you get a free 14 man squad, except obviously not for this event. You would pay for half of it, but still that's pretty cheap. And there's lots of really interesting unit options in here. That said, I've been playing a lot with the Chinese, so I think I'm going to put them aside today after we've been talking. Winter Americans, honestly, I need to touch up some of the paint jobs before I'm happy putting them on the table in an event again, and I didn't paint them in the first place. So I think <laughs> U.S. Marine Corps, maybe? Maybe. Germany, I I was gonna. I was strongly considering my battle of the Bulge Army, but the more I think about it, the more I need to get rid of something. But ironically, listening to you talk about your inexperience list has really got me wanting to do my GI Joe villain list, the Cobras, which I've never taken to an event, and I have crap loads of blue shirts. And if I'm gonna go inexperienced, that's the one. And Britain, um, look, my Sikhs are an extremely competitive list, but I don't think that's for this event because this is beginner-friendly fun event. So I'm going to put them aside because I know that can be ugly. Yes. What I will jump in, though, when you're talking about your Brits, um, if you and I, I thought about doing this. If you were to do a British theatre selector and take the Indian national characteristic... You mm -hmm. could pay you could pay fifty points to get ten guys. Yeah, and that that's a pretty good deal. That is an amazing deal. Ten regular dudes would be for fifty points. Yeah, it would be great. But I, again, I really thought about it, but it wasn't yeah. for me. Plus, the Blacker Bombard is a great little piece of kit to put on the tabletop. Twenty five pounder. There are some really really solid options. Because you would have the versatility to be or the you know, to be able to fire it as a light artillery piece or as an AT gun, depending if your opponent has light armor. And that gun, while normally bouncing off a lot of big tanks, there aren't going to be those big tanks at this event. No. So that gun could be deadly. 
but I'm intentionally putting those aside because I, I don't think I want to be that guy and I could very easily make something ugly with that list and I'm not going to. So the Japanese, we don't see a lot of Japanese players down here. The light tanks are super tempting, but I also, I almost wonder if at this point level, having that many bodies on the board with Fnatic could cause feel bads for my opponents. And I, I, I hear what you're saying about the feel bads, but what you'd have to consider for yourself is that you're got like a, a single style of gameplay with them, which is yeah. just run forward and stab. How yeah, boring I don't would do that, that be for you as a player? Yeah. That would be really I, boring I, for you as a player. Yeah. I see. I don't, I don't play Japanese like that. I play them as a standard army. And then when people charge them and they forget that I have fanatic because they almost forget I'm playing Japanese, they're all of a sudden, Oh wait, everyone has fanatic. And I'm like, yep. It's just yep. a regular Japanese army. I'm just playing them as riflemen, not as, you know, the charge bonsai brigade. Yeah. The bamboo but, spear fighter brigade. Yeah. I've never used the bamboo spear fighter ever. <laughs> uh, so I think I'm going to put the Japanese aside again. I think some people might be saying, well, why, why are you putting away your best tools? Oh, trust me. There's a few good tools left, friends. So are we going to take the U.S. Marine Corps, which is my most recently painted bolt action army, which is honestly part of the reason why they're still on the list, because I've never played with them in an event, or am I going to rock my Cobras? I... I haven't talked to the tournament organizers and I, while I think one of them might think it's cool and funny that I brought GI Joe villains to his event. Uh, the other one seems a little bit more historical minded may not go over super well. So I think I have to eliminate Cobra as much as that kills me to say. Uh, and I'm not bringing my GI Joe army because I'm still painting. In fact, I painted, I finished painting a G.I. Joe character. Look for it this week. I'm bringing back the Joe of the day. I'm very excited to be adding to that project. It is one of the weirdest looking original G.I. Joes, and I'll leave it with that, and you can look for it on Facebook, boys and girls. Uh, I think it's time for the U.S. Marine Corps. Al, what do we think? Is that a reasonable choice for this event? I will, let's, what are you going to put in the list? I don't. United States are not a bad option. Well, um, US. So the national rules are not being curtailed by the player pack. It is a very, uh, as I joked for years, calling the US easy mode. It's a very forgiving army. Uh, and though I don't have a ton of experience with my Marine Corps, I guess I do have some because I played them in the part of the league last year. And the national rules are very solid. And given that I'm running Marines, the Marines have the versatility of being the move and fire U.S. rules with having additional assets you can add in in the form of bars, pistols, and SMGs. Um, so they really can be a close combat monster and a firepower monster. I mean, obviously, you don't want to spend all the points. But I think if we ran them as regular, you could get the best of both worlds almost. Boots on the ground with firepower and um yeah i don't know let's let's actually look at the list shall we 
I assume we'll just be using a second lieutenant for this. Uh, I'm going to go with regular because I'm anticipating a regular list. And just to give him a friend, I'm going to give one regular rifleman. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of that. I hate hearing people talk about the officer tax when they create armies. Um, the officer is an integral part of the army. He's not a tax. He's not a burden to take. He's a tool you should be using. Make them regular. Yeah. Now, Al, I'm going to be running U.S. Marine regular squads. I was thinking I would run squads of eight normally, but for this event, because it's fewer points, I might run or at least start with, and I can change it later, um, squads of seven. I would like the NCO to have a submachine gun because I think, you know, the old Tommy gun submachine gun NCO is so iconic. And I probably have one additional guy. I'm going to have two guys with bars per squad because, yeah, I could put three, but A, I don't have all the models to paint three for every squad. I do have enough to do three in a couple, but honestly, two is probably enough for this event. And whenever I play Marines, I give the guys with the bars pistols, so there are four tough fighter-having models. I'm not going to give everyone shotguns. I am not going to do anything with stubborn because I don't think that would help. Also, I don't know what book that's in. So I think I like that squad. Al, do you have any comments on that? Do you, What do you think? Um, look, your, your rationale about the submachine guns, you're doing that for theme and mm -hmm. flavor, which I, I can't argue with because there, there are so many good images from the um, Pacific theater of U.S. Marines, you know, getting up from the trenches or from sand dunes with the, the SMG, but... I would maybe look look at those points as something you might have to remove later in this process. Absolutely. When when you're struggling, you may struggle at the end to, to, to get under the 500-point mark. I couldn't agree more. And I, I think this is just the broad strokes. Now, for people who have asked, how do I list? I often come up with a theme. In this case, I'm going for sort of mid uh, beginning of late war, U.S. Marines. Yes, I know I can tool up the special weapons, but I don't think I need to. So I'm looking at some guys that have some gear, uh, but I am also have enough of them that... It, I, I'm following a solid theme. Yes, it little, looks a little cut and pasty now, but this is how I start as broad strokes, and then I go back and I call and I change and I edit. Um, the other thing I'm going to do here, I do want to have a flamethrower in this list. And I've been thinking a lot about how to do that because I'm anticipating there's going to be um, some vehicles and I'm guessing that I'm probably not going to have one. So I'm actually... What, what you should say, Brad, for your um, for your listeners that may only be doing this in audio, you've repeated that that marine squad four times in your list Correct. now yep and now i've put in a regular engineering squad that is literally the same thing except the bar gunners do not have pistols and the um there's a flamethrower in their place yep so at the moment i have the lieutenant I have, with a friend, I have five squads of seven guys tooled with the weapons that I said, the four identical ones with two bars, two SMGs, and the bar gunners have two pistols. 
and I have five, uh, sorry, seven regular engineers with two bars, two submachine guns, and a flamethrower. Now, just that takes me to 518 points. So we knew right off the bat that this was going to be kind of hard to make things fit. Um, I was anticipating not adding any vehicles. So I think I'm kind of close to obviously where I'm going to end up. But um, I think it's time to start shaving. But before we start cutting back, I don't think we have all the tools that we'd like. Um, I was thinking for this list that I would have an artillery piece, um, something that could reach out and put some pins on. Now, I do have the multiple rocket launcher painted for this um, from the U.S. And yes, people always seem to forget that the U.S. can take rocket launchers. But I don't think that we're going to see enough warm bodies necessarily for this. That said, it is on a four by four table. Um, the alternative to that would be a light artillery piece, which I really like. Um, Al, do you have any thoughts about what, if either of those, if you think those are good spends at 500 points? Listen, you, the light artillery piece, as you have heard me say about the, the German list I wrote. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're great little tools. Um, veteran light artillery piece. Although I suspect, though, from memory, the U.S. Marine Corps—I don't think they get gun shields. No, they don't. Um, no, maybe not historically. I think maybe in the rule book you can do it, but that every picture I've seen, and I have seen quite a few, there are no gun shields on Marine light yeah. artillery. Or maybe, maybe it's a, is it not an option that you actually have to buy? It doesn't come as, as a standard piece of kit. I, I, I honestly not sure. Uh, it has been a while. Yeah. So I want to put this in as veteran, but I'm also cognizant that everything else in my army is regular. I think I might have to bite the bullet and make it regular um, just to see where we end up. Is there anything else you think my list needs? I was going to put a flamethrower in. I would love to put a bazooka in, but uh, obviously I snuck the flamethrower into a regular engineering squad and the bazooka I think is just too expensive. Of course, I'm going to be wishing I had it on the day. Um, for those people thinking, well, you could take a heavy machine gun on something. I mean, I could take a truck and then put a heavy machine gun on it, A, to get some mobility, and then B, to have the heavy machine gun or a machine gun in general just to put out shots at range. But I have the bars in all of my squads. And honestly, on a four by four table, I am going to regret saying this, but I don't think I need the mobility of a truck. What are you thinking, Al? I agree. I don't think you're going to need to have to move big squads far long distances. And especially with the Americans moving and firing, yeah. you don't want to be zipped up in a truck for a couple of turns to try and get somewhere. You want to be moving and putting out shots. So, um, no, I, I don't think you need transports. And if you remember back to the two lists that I discussed, the mm -hmm. only transport that actually came into play was a Kettencrad, and that was to zip a three-man officer team 
around the table. Well, not even around the table, just around to, mm-hmm. to keep my inexperienced squads moving. You know, not not even to attack, so to speak, to plug the gap where there was, you know, pins being received. So no, no transports required. I mean, I I I really hate doing this, but I'm also wondering if shaving the lieutenant back to inexperienced. I would. I, I normally would hate doing that, but I was just watching Band of Brothers and uh, just thinking of the lieutenant that would wander off during uh, the the siege in Bastogne makes me kind yep. of want to include a crappy leader. But I don't know if that necessarily fits this list. Um, I do like the idea of a lot of hardened NCOs leading Marine squads and then some random lieutenant, you know, stumbling around in the background. And I have to shave off 63 points. Um, I guess before we get to shaving, is there anything else you would add? I, I Again, I'm tempted to add war dogs because I've never added them. But I don't think it's going to add anything to this event. I um, think all, all the war dogs would add to your list as an order dice. It's a yeah. cheap order dice. It's um, 18 points veteran for a single model with a submachine gun and the dog, which... Um, which gives you a spot in distance, but nobody will be hidden anyway. So no, it's, exactly. a, it's, a, it's a good, cheap dice. It's an infantry model, and he'll score, he'll claim and contest objectives for you. Um, I've used him in the past. He's a good guy. Give him a name. He deserves it. He's by himself with his dog. God, God love him. Um, yeah, I... What I do agree... I don't want to see do... a doggo die on the tabletop. Um, I know that's weird. I think... I will avoid that. I am wondering what I do I agree normally... with though, Brad, is that keeping your flamethrower buried in an engineer squad is the right thing to do. Taking a solo flamethrower team at this low points level, because when he rolls to hit, misses, and when you roll a one for your fuel and that order dice gets taken off the table, you will be absolutely furious. I couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. And it's also significantly cheaper because once you actually start putting it in as an upgrade to a squad, it's only 20 points versus the 50 points it would be to be the Correct. squad. And I, I just can't see it any other way. So I think, Al, unless you're seeing something I don't, and of course we can go back and forth the other way, um, I would probably just start shaving squads. My first... My first knee-jerk reaction is to drop the lieutenant to inexperienced if I was desperate for points. And let's be honest, I'm kind of desperate for points. However, as you said, I have I've almost over-geared up the squads. Um, but if I pull three points off of each of those squads, it's 12 points. I, I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the best way of Sorry, not 12, 15 points, which will help. Um, but even if I make the lieutenant inexperienced, we're talking 18 points plus 15 points. That's not going to be enough to drop that down. As much as I'm kind of desperate for order dice, because I only have, what, six? I am tempted to drop one of the Marine squads outright and then maybe add some small teams. What are you thinking? <sighs> 
I would do the test first. I mean, you're you're looking at your your um, your officer. Uh, are you sold on keeping his assistant as well? That's a good point. Actually, I'm not. I do really like having an assistant, but getting rid of an assistant would make my life a lot easier. Yeah. So if I dropped it back to a second lieutenant wandering around by himself and an experienced one, and I got rid of his friend, I'm actually down to 538 points, which, you know, I makes that character less effective on the tabletop. But I don't know how effective that two-man team was going to be in the first place. So, you know, that might be a thing. All right. So we have that. The light artillery piece is already cheaper than most light artillery pieces because of the lack of a gun shield. And it's only 45 points. So it's actually more efficient than a mortar. So doing something with that doesn't help. Um, I wouldn't make the light artillery piece inexperienced because um a i the rest of the theme is kind of regular and i don't want to drop it but also b minus one to hit feels real bad when you're trying to use a big gun it does um, and if if you to do that you would be limiting yourself to just fire it indirectly because yeah. that minus one to hit for being inexperienced would just ruin it for you so don't, True. don't do that I would normally talk about dropping a guy off or a couple guys off one squad and making a small anchor squad somewhere. However, with this list, because U.S. Marine squads come minimum size seven, I'm already at the smallest it can be. The only one I can make smaller is the engineering squad, which I don't necessarily want to make smaller because I really want to have warm bodies around that flamethrower to keep it going. But just for giggles sake, what happens if I drop the NCO, if I, sorry, if I keep the NCO, if I drop one guy off the engineering squad and I drop the bars off, cause I'm anticipating getting close and personal with that. And then had, that now I'm down to 518 points. It would be 508 points if I dropped the engineering squad again to make to have it be five guys. Then I would have two SMGs, a flamethrower, and two rifles. I'm gonna just click it for giggles' sake. And so, what I end up with is 508 points. I have my four, um infantry squads ready to go i have my engineering squad it's small it's punchy at close range it has a couple of riflemen to throw out individual pins at long range but it doesn't have that that bar goodness so i'm not sold on that change but what do you think al it's a risk you know you've got a really small unit now that's going to be really vulnerable to weapons fire. A couple of casualties is going to diminish its ability to make war really quickly. Yeah. Um, so you, you would have to protect it. But you're right in the sense that stripping at the bars, because you you want to deliver that flamethrower into the guts. It's it's your best killing tool in the army. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no there's no point having long range fire on that unit. Agreed. Agreed. 
oh, this is the uncomfortable part of listing, friends. And I guess this is the process that people wanted to see, although it is far more cramped at this point level. And I've really painted myself into a corner by taking the Marine squads that I can't drop in size anymore. Um, I'm wondering if I should drop a couple of MGs or maybe a bar uh, because I really do like, Oh God, I really do like having the firepower that those squads kick out. But well, you've got I, you've got the four infantry squads that are all kitted out the same. Maybe you know look to go down a path of having you know one or two of them be that up close and assault orientated, and then the other two is more fire support. If that's something you're thinking now about, that's a good point. I am trying to make generalist squads for an list that really can't afford that. Um, if I dumped out the additional SMG on two of the squads. So I still have the NCO, which you can clearly see having the Thompson. And then I go to the first two squads. So I'm at, all I need is two points now. I don't necessarily want to drop the pistols off of the bars in one squad. I know that would be the easy fix only because that would make it, I would, never remember which squad that is. And I don't want to get halfway <laughs> through a game and look like I'm being gamey. I have attention deficit disorder. I will forget. And I don't want to be the guy who's like, Oh no, I'm sorry. They should have had, they shouldn't have had pistols there. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think it really just comes down to if I drop out another SMG. Now I'm at 499 points. I have, my second inexperienced lieutenant by himself. I have a regular U.S. Marine squad with two bars, two Thompsons, and the bar gunners have pistols. And then the rest, I have three squads with one SMG. That's the NCO. And then I have two bar gunners in each squad, each with two pistols. And I have um, the five-man engineering squad with the flamethrower and the SMGs. Part of me really wants to possibly drop the bars out of a squad and add a light. Maybe the squad with two SMGs um, and that would get me 12 points. And then I could go and put a small team in of some kind. But even then, I think the smallest team would be the war dog and that as we said before is 18 points yep i don't know if an extra order dice for one dude is gonna be worth that i what order dice are you sitting on just now brad is it six, six or seven well given that and i keep thinking wow oh sorry seven that's um, a good i would seven is the right good count yeah i think you're right it just, I guess I'm not used to this, this level. And part of me wanted to throw a chaplain in just so I could paint one. But again, I don't think this is the list for that. So I think this is, I think this might be us, Al. Um, you are a very critical thinker when it comes to listing for bolt action events. Mm-hmm. 
would you run this list? I would do a further couple of changes. I mean, the core of it is completely fine. You've got the right number of infantry models, and there's a flamethrower there as a sort of um, a good weed whacker, for lack of a better term. But I would try and get those infantry squads to have dedicated jobs. Yeah. So, um, you know, fire support, bars and rifles only. Um, you know, those are units that you're not really wanting to get into combat. And then maybe the other two, um, you know, give them the submachine guns and the pistols so that if they are, they, they are the ones that are moving up getting closer. Those are the only changes I would make, Brad, now. Um, All right. Well, everything, let's... everything else you've tweaked and fiddled enough. Let's try that. So we'll say the first two squads will have uh, SMGs. And why don't, are we going to give them three SMGs each? Um, if, if points could allow it, yeah. All right. So we'll add the, the first two squads of regular guys. We'll ditch the bars and the pistols. And I'm sure I can hear people yelling in the background not to do that. But that's why we're playing around with this, friends. Yep. And then the next two squads, we will get rid of the submachine guns altogether and we'll have two bars in each squad and we will have two pistols in each squad. Do we even want the pistols? No. If it's the fire support squads, they just have as many bars as you can fit and everybody else with rifles. Okay, so I'll put three bars in each squad. Uh, I generally do like anchor squads and I like squads that reach out and touch somebody, I guess, because it was such a small point level. I was thinking, you know, I'll just, it'll be fine. I'll have generalist less. And I thought the Marines would lean into that, but I definitely see your point. So I'm actually at 487 points. Wow. And How do we do that? Yeah. So if we go to, we have the inexperienced Lieutenant, we have the two squads of seven guys with three submachine guns each. We have two seven man squads with two bars, sorry, three bars each. Actually, I left an SMG in by accident. So I actually even have more points. I have my engineer squad with two SMGs and a flamethrower and I have a light howitzer. I am tempted to try and add another cheap order dice. But as you say, though, Al, I have seven squads already, and that might yep. just be pushing it. But what if I, uh, I want to add more bodies to the engineering squad? What if I dropped it back and I did, oh, it's 501 points. I was going to say make the engineering squad seven guys as well. Uh, but only give it one SMG. Um, but if I bump it up to six guys and keep the two SMGs, which is kind of what I wanted, I'm at 390, sorry, 494. Um, I could actually add, oh, I can't add another submachine gun. That's as far as it goes. Um, I mean, I could now add pistols to some of the other squads to get up to 500 points. And that would be good if I got assaulted. Uh, but at the moment I have six points or 16 points. If I was to go with dropping the engineering squad back to five at the moment, it's six. I just wanted to add a little bit more 
durability to that squad. Um, I agree. Having having six is good a good number. I mean, I could now add a gun shield, but we talked about that before. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure what else to do here, Al. I have six points or sixteen points. What would you do? It's really tricky now. We're we're into the, the finer points. Mm-hmm. Um I would maybe even be tempted to, to dish out the pistols. If if there are no more submachine guns that you can put in your sort of close quarter squads, there are no uh, then I would start dishing out the pistols. So for I can't get a squad that has everyone with tough fighter. Um, again, I am, I, I really want to stick with how things are modeled because I don't want to forget who has what. So is it weird that I do, cause I have two pistols, um, that are just guys holding pistols. So if I did just modeling wise, if I added one additional pistol to one of the assault ish squads, each, I have four points left. And then, just in case I do get assaulted, I add the two pistols back into the bar squads uh, so that those guys, I do have a tiny bit of tough fighter. And I know that goes flies in the face of what we were trying to do here, but that gets me 500 points on the nose. Is that a bad idea? No. I mean, the points are there, and we're talking the, the finer few points now so it's not it's not impeding the overall strategy of your army now it's just putting a little bit of redundancy if you get caught caught out anywhere um it's a good spend this is this has been a good a good exercise yeah this was usually folks i i buy a solid bulk of what i want and then i tweak it one way or the other depending uh but even as we were going through this, I think you all saw that even my basic squads, <laughs> I ran out of points instantly and went, ah, oh, well, I won't even do what I wanted then. So this has been a really tight, tactical, uh, God, list and experience. Um, just for giggles, Al, do you want to see what we could do with the G.I. Joe Cobra Army? <laughs> um, if you've got the time, mate, I have got the the spirit to do it all right let's do it so we're gonna go with the germans and we will go with generic reinforced platoon i believe because honestly i am not entirely sure which of these selectors i would use so with a cobra army as much as I really want to have, you know, Destro as my badass character, I really think there is no, oh, you can't take inexperienced in Germans. Oh, I was nope. going to say there is no character in the universe that is more deserving to be inexperienced than Cobra Commander. Um, if, you were am- really, if you were really wanting to pick hard, mate, there's a... Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's a German theater selector where you can take an inexperienced Waffen SS lieutenant, but I cannot yeah. remember what selector nah, it is. That's all right. I'm actually um, for my list, and I I am doing this somewhat painting, going with what I have painted. I have a regular Cobra Commander model, 
and I have a Crimson Cobra Commander model, which is an alternate paint scheme um, to represent his being the leader of the Crimson Guard. I also have the twins, uh, Tom, Tom Axe and Zaymon, that are the Crimson Guard leaders. And I was thinking that when I've run this in the past, I've run Cobra Commander as a leader, and then I took the twins as his sort of hit squad. So I was thinking I would run as his team. So look, I'm probably going to change that later, but I'm going to stick with that for now. If I am going to take that, though, I definitely need to take some Crimson Guardsmen. Um, I would probably run them as a usual NCO with we'll go one NCO with regular infantry. Again, I'm, I'm positive. I'm gonna have to change this in a minute. I do have an LMG for that squad. Um, but I don't think that's the role for this squad. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, and as much as I want to tool it out with assault rifles, yeah, I don't, I, that is definitely not going to be the case, but let's talk about our friends, the inexperienced blue shirts. So I know there's a million inexperienced squads in the German list. Uh, Al, do you have any particular favorites that you think would suit generic Cobra blue shirts? Oh, that's a real struggle because these, these are the Vipers, aren't they? Nah, they're just the, um, yeah, the, the old basic Cobra Trooper wearing the blue that you always think of when you think of G.I. Joe. Um, you know, if we were talking about blue uniforms, isn't there a Luftwaffe field division infantry somewhere in there? <laughs> yeah, there is actually. <laughs> they, they come in, they're inexperienced, aren't they? Ah, I think you may be right. So, inexperienced. It's an NCO and five guys, and I can take up to an additional five guys with rifles. Uh, why don't we say what you want numbers, Al? Should we go ten? I'm always a fan of big numbers, mate. All right, let's do 10. And do we give them a Panzerfaust just to keep them honest? Um, I wouldn't bother at this point's level in the, the ability of or the number of vehicles you're going to encounter. I wouldn't bother. I was going to say, I was going to throw a couple Panzerfausts in, A, because I have them modeled, but also more to the point, B, uh, just to keep people honest, they're more of a deterrent than I think an actual asset um, because they still give the squad tank hunter, right? So people don't True. want to get it within charge range. So I might give them one. It's five points. And again, I can strip it off later. Um, why don't we do two of those? Now, I really liked what you were saying before. So I'm actually going to go with the, because I have the Cobra Ferret, which is sort of the ATV quad bike model painted up. So I'm actually going to give that the regular motorcycle with machine gun that you did earlier because that's one of my favorite units in the game. It's so good. Yeah. Al, are you Great happy unit. with that? Oh, yeah. Uh, and what else do we want to do? Should we do a third? I mean, clearly, I probably need some more units. So I'm going to go with another inexperienced squad. I think I only have two Panzerfaust painted. We'll go with one now just because. No, nah, we won't. I'll do, I don't want to give a light machine gun to any of these squads. Uh, no, not at this stage. Okay. Well, I'm at 410 points, Al. 
four hundred and you're at four hundred and ten points. Yeah, you've got six order dice. Yeah. What do you? What are you? What do you think you're missing? You're missing a flamethrower, maybe. Yeah. Or um, something that can put a hurt on vehicles of any kind. What if we put a heavy auto cannon in at regular? 60 points. Um, the problem is it's static. Um, so I would need to have a toe. Oh, in, in the German list, that wouldn't work because all of the toes are really expensive. Oh, no, I can take the laugh. No, you suppose. get the horse toes available for you in Germany. Yeah, I don't actually have a... I don't actually have that model, though. I do have a toe for the Germans, though. So if I did this, I would be at 485. Um, I get, this is a very rough draft, and I'm actually feeling really uncomfortable about this list. But I have a Cobra Asp, which is the artillery piece, which is a, if you look it up in the Joeverse, it is a heavy autocannon. So I would have a heavy autocannon, which has a range of 72, two shots, three plus three pen, which would be good against light tanks, plus Rex infantry squad, something shocking. Um, it also has the ability to be one inch HE. So it, it kind of fulfills the role of the light AT, or sorry, the light um, howitzer we had in the last list. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. What are you thinking? Um, it's good. And you don't have to worry about a static P because you're in such a small board anyway. Oh, yeah, true. You're not you're not going to get lost. And I am pretty sure it does it count as a light artillery piece anyway? No, it's heavy. Uh, I mean, uh, for this, though, what if I mean, what if we went wild and you know, it, no, there's nothing because we're not actually dealing with quote unquote real things. We could drop the toe and save points as much as I have a really cool toe painted. If I went to the artillery piece and instead of having it be the heavy, I could make it a light, which I, which is good. And I have used light a lot. But if it's a light, it would still, it would be plus two pen. So um, it's a loss of one pen, which I don't think particularly matters at this point. And now I'm at 460 points. I would have seven order dice. I have my second lieutenant. I have my here infantry squad, the Crimson Boys. I have my three 10-man squad of boys in blue who are inexperienced each with the Panzerfaust. actually i think i only have two Panzerfaust and one that doesn't um i have the light autocannon and i have the motorcycle with machine gun sidecar this feels more mobile this definitely feels like it is capable of punching at range a lot better and i still have 40 points left al what are you thinking yeah, I'm liking the list very much. Okay. Um, and even even if you weren't doing it for a Cobra theme, it works well for a Luftwaffe theme. It does, doesn't it? I hadn't even thought of that. an aircraft gun and the artillery piece. 
Yeah, of course. I'm an idiot. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it works really well for a, it's one of those sort of static Luftwaffe defense forces, you know, in the sort of um, northwest France during the invasion. It's good. I hadn't yeah. even considered, but I could actually, I have a bunch of his tanks that I could easily run in this list as uh, an open-topped... Uh, auto cannon tank. Remember, but, though, Brad, you would have to drop the bike. Yeah. Oh, correct. I uh, no, no, because they are AA guns. They are the AA vehicles, and they. Yeah, but you're you can only have. Oh, you're right. An eight plus armor open. Or one six. Seven, correct. You're right. One seven plus by yourself, or two six pluses. You are 100% correct, sir. That is why we pay you the big bucks, and which is why I am still needing a second cup of coffee. That is for sure. What else would you do, Al? Um, I am tempted to throw in more infantry. What I would do here, Brad, with yeah. 40 points left over, I would go and take an inexperienced medium machine gun team. That should be 35 points. Hmm. I hadn't even thought about that. And then with the last five points, give somebody else a Panzerfaust. Yeah. What if I... Because you can take an LMG team, right? True, yeah. They're from the um, fall of France in Western Desert. Yeah. So they, they get, they get thinking, to move and fire. I mean, because you're getting the bonus German points anyway. So if I took the three-man light machine gun team, I don't need the anti-aircraft mount, obviously. obviously. It would be a regular light machine gun, but it, ha it still has Hitler's buzzsaw, and I have five points left. Panzerfaust, last five points. Yeah. I like this. So we are talking... And yeah, I have five points where I can probably add something later um, just to make sure I, I've painted a third. Panzerfaust, um, I have Cobra Commander with the twins uh, at regular. I would, Cobra Commander and the twins all have submachine guns modeled. So that would be how they are on the tabletop. I would have an eight man rifle squad with, which would be my Crimson squad i would have three squads of blue shirts at inexperienced they're green which means they're probably going to stay as inexperienced um, but two of them have panzerfaust one of them does not i have a light machine gun team um, but with hitler's buzzsaw they do get the same number of shots as a regular medium machine gun team and the 35 points uh, is a cheap I know people are going to yell, you're taking a machine gun team, and eh, whatever. Um, I have a light autocannon in the form of the ASP that can be wheeled on the table because it's light, depending on the mission. And I have one vehicle, which is the regular motorcycle machine gun sidecar. This list is eight order dice. This list feels lean and mean. I like, I like it a lot. One. Yeah. I do too. It's a good list. It's a really All good right. list, Brad. I think I'm going to turn in both and see what they say. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it could be that they say, under no circumstances do we want GI Joe stuff at this event. At which point, I'll say, 
That's fair. I get it. No problem. But if uh, if they do, that could be a lot of fun. So, yeah. Well, friends, I know that we had probably planned to talk for about an hour, and we've talked significantly more than that. And it has been a little rambly at points, but oftentimes you don't want to rush through listing and you want to think. Uh, at least that's how I approach it. I often put a list on a table of things that I want in a list. And then I think I'll put it down. I'll walk away. I'll come back later and say, oh, yeah, I do need this for this other thing later. And I'll make a little list. Then I'll actually write it out with points. And that's when I start tweaking and adjusting. But often, particularly if I'm taking this process seriously, I'll do this over the course of many days. And I'll keep coming back to it. And that's before I even get to anywhere near the tabletop. Um, and yeah. Al, is, how does your process work? Because I know that you... Or you handle this differently? The listing process, as you, I actually do it fairly similar to yourself. Um, you know, I know the core elements of the miniatures that I want to use, put the list together, and then look back. And you have to strip in or adjust what's what's gone before. Uh, putting together these five hundred point lists, I was very clear in my mind what I, what it was to try and achieve. With each army and in a different style, you know the the, the Greeks they've got a tank, seven plus armored tank to, to rotate their strategy around. Whereas the Germans, um, with the Kettenkrad and the bike, um, the two six plus choices, their their focus is on the infantry. Yeah, there's more infantry pushing forward, um, with the officer team trying to support them where and when they can, and that's what understand is that a uh, sense so silly to say but pick the miniatures that you do want to play with yeah. put them in the army and then think about you know what does your army need to do to win does it need to blow up lots of tanks does it need to claim lots of objectives does it need to survive three flamethrowers and two multi-launchers if you're unlucky enough to go to an event like that you know yeah stubborn exactly, you need right. to be fanatic um but first of all it should be about the miniatures that you want to use and your games. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, part of me was just when I was thinking for this event was just for the Japanese. It was thinking, well, five, eight man, regular squads is 400 points. That's 40 regular fanatic riflemen that people will have to deal with. Put a Lieutenant in there. That's 50 points. And then figure out the last 50 points. And that could be, um, I don't know. A bunch of different things and maybe tweak it down a couple of squads or tweak up a couple of squads depending on the role yeah and you know that's another way i could have gone but that would have given you the bodies that would have given you the dependability that would have given you the ability to reach out with those rifles plus being somewhat durable in hand-to-hand -hand combat on a tight table but i don't know how fun that list would have been to run um just, again, another thing I had been thinking about for this event. Plus, there's some really cheap Japanese tanks, so I could have probably gotten a good tank at in there and maybe dropped one of the squads down slightly. And, you know, Bob's your uncle. You're ready to go. But, yeah. Uh, Al, any final thoughts? Uh, I am really envious of this format. Um, 
five hundred points, small games. I hope you enjoy the event, and I hope that the tournament organizer gets the full twenty. And I, I look forward to seeing all the lists. I hope I hope the lists are available for review. Oh, that's a good point. Might be worth that. Yeah, might be worth asking John or Drew if they could do that. Might be worth talking about it on the show. Hey, who knows? Um, Al, I, again, as always, I can't thank you enough for coming on today. It has been a pleasure, as always, to talk shop. And thank you for helping me nut through this. Uh, I'm not, again, I've, this is by request. I've, I would have never thought to do this. There's a lot of moments here that in this episode where I go, wow, that's bad audio or, you know, as far as bad radio, because I used to be on the radio because of dead air and thinking, but I wanted to show the process as it evolved and uh, it was a request. So if you have a request for the show and thank you to everyone who's been messaging, there has been some really great ideas coming through recently. Uh, please continue to do so. Please let us know. We we love to hear your ideas and bring them to this show. Um, you know, if there's a format that you like and you want to see me doing more of in the future, please let us know. Um, and of course, you can do that by going to the Cast Dice Facebook page, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E. Message the page. You're guaranteed a response by me. Hi, my name is Brad. Uh, I did have someone ask on the weekend, uh, embarrassingly, about the long-lost Italian episode that I recorded with Pedro and Albert last June that, for some reason, I have not put out. I actually have it. It's sitting on my desktop right there, and it will be coming uh, at some point soon, um, but it does require a little bit of editing, and I've been a little time poor and changing computers, which has made the editing process very slow at the moment. I'm hoping that speeds up as I get a new device next week. Just pulling back the curtain so you see. Anyway, friends, I'm rambling. It is so great to talk bolt action. I'm looking forward so much to be a player, not a TO, in an event next weekend. And uh, I look forward to talking about my experiences and my games and We'll see which list I take. Hopefully, it's either one of them gets through um, because I know there have been a few resubs for this event. I don't think either of the things I've turned in is particularly gross. Um, but as always, it isn't my opinion. It's the TO. And if a TO asks you if it's not in the spirit of the event, that's totally cool, man. I just want to make sure that it fits with the the shoe, the, the foot, the, sh the shoe fits the foot. When I'm failing with uh, metaphors, Al, I think it's definitely time to go, and it is definitely time for a second cup of coffee. My friend, thank you so much for taking the time. It is always a pleasure to see a beautiful face. I will see you soon. Stay safe. Friends, as our good friend Casey always says, when you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are very cold. And I hope that more than that, you are having fun. Stay safe out there, friends. Good night.